Hey folks, welcome to our webinar on transforming e-commerce shipping into a competitive advantage. Today we have in our panel some of the top logistic experts uh, among us. Uh, so let me start introducing them. First, we have Joshua K. Horn from Pitney Bowes. Ten years of experience accumulated from his experience in UPS as well as Pitney Bowes Global E-Commerce. Next, we have Tony Chen, who is the Chief Technology Officer at Passport and International Shipping Carrier for E-Commerce Companies. And finally, we have Lee Smith, who is the President of Reliable Logistics. They are the leaders in flight management service, last mile delivery, cross-border and Canada, wide LTL and FTL services. Hey all, welcome, welcome guests. Um, it's great to have you. And uh, thanks for your time to share your learnings with us today. Um, so without any further ado, let us get started. Uh, first up will be uh, Josh educating us on overcoming the challenges of uh, e-commerce shipping. Outstanding. Thank you so much, Rev. And thank you, everybody, for taking the time out of your busy schedules today to join us. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for the last couple of weeks. So without further ado, let me quickly share my screen real quick. All right, Rev, let me know when you can see that, would you please? Yeah, we can see you. Awesome, awesome. So today I want to talk about a lot of the challenges most of us in the you know online e-commerce logistics space face from a, a retail and brands perspective. Now, obviously, I think a lot of us, you know, when we talk about challenges today or we think about challenges today, you know, front of mind today are you know supply chain constraints and capacity issues and container costs. So I, I don't want to talk about, you know, the uh, the obvious that we're all dealing with. I want to talk about more impactful um, things that may be not only impacting your, your cost, your bottom line, or your ability to grow your business um, during peak season, but also throughout the year as we lead toward peak season as well. So as we get into this, um, you know, a lot of carriers, if you, you know, you take a look at, at cost of shipping these days, you know, all, a lot of the populated areas, the more rural areas within the cities, um, you know, a lot of customers due to COVID, due to a lot of the different things that we've experienced in our lives over the last couple of years, a lot of people are, are pushing their way outside of cities, whether they're moving to the suburbs or more densely populated areas, dispersion is going to be a key, a key, a key factor in considering, you know, what your, your parcel cost may be as well as how quickly you're going to be able to deliver your goods to your customers. So if we take a look at this slide, right here it shows on the right-hand side just a quick snapshot of, of New York, um, the Connecticut area. What you can see is over here in the green, in the darker green areas, is where consumers are moving. So if you can take a look at New York, you can see you know, from a pink perspective, um, you know, this shows that everybody's moving out of New York, moving into the more densely populated areas. So if we take a look at, at some of the, the survey results that are provided by Pitney Bowes Box Poll, um, Pitney Bowes is doing some pretty cool things with, from a marketing perspective and trying to provide you know, retailers and brands and consumers alike with weekly um, consumer surveys. So we're, we're trying to take a look and, and provide feedback to our retail brands to show you guys you know, from, a, from a consumer perspective what it is from a consumer buying behavior that you guys need to identify to help continue to make your brand more competitive in, a sp in this space. So if we take a look at this graph, one in three uh, adults surveyed out of 2,000 people are looking to or planning to move 
um, from where they're at today within the next 12 to 18 months. 31% of, of those key of, of that, you know, of those folks surveyed plan to move outside of cities and lesser populated areas. So with that being said, you know, a lot of things to consider is the cost to service those customers. As we start moving further away from cities, now we have to consider delivery area surcharges, extended delivery area surcharges, year, year over year cost increases for those surcharges and how those surcharges pile up on top of additional surcharges such as residential surcharge and so forth. So as we consider different ways and opportunities to decrease our cost to service our customers, um, we need to start really thinking outside the box and potentially looking outside of our, our stereotypical major carriers such as like a FedEx or a UPS. There are all kinds of different carriers, Pitney Bowes being one of them, that have multiple different service options to help deliver from a final mile perspective to really help reduce costs, um, as well as different expedited and guaranteed delivery options that can really you know, impact you know, not only your, your consumer buying behavior when it comes to checking out your items online, but also you know, us carriers as being a part of or an extension of your brand, we recognize that how important it is for us to deliver your parcels to your customers in a timely manner. Often, more oftentimes than not, if a delivery goes awry, you know, our retailers or our brands or our partners are the ones that are really taking the heat for that. So it's imperative to not only identify the correct or appropriate carrier partner for you, but also identify what are some of these other additional areas of cost or, you know, from a parcel perspective is going to be impactful to my bottom line. Um, a lot of these different surcharges aren't necessarily front of mind. You know, everybody's looking at, oh, what are my rates? What are my discounts? But outside of discounts, there are also other areas that are going to be negatively impact, impactful to your business if you're not careful. So knowing where your customers are, knowing how much it's going to cost to get them there from a total landed cost are going to be two incredibly important factors when considering the appropriate carrier to kind of help you plan for not only a successful peak, but also in your um, you know, parcel delivery as well. Speed of delivery. You know, everybody knows the Amazon effect. Everybody feels that if I can't get my parcels to my customers within two days, oh, I cannot be competitive. However, getting your parcels to a customer within two days may cost you more than what you know what is necessary as far as you know your your customer's perspective on what's fast versus what's slow. So instead of, you know, thinking, oh, I've got to have it there in two days, let's take a look here at what, you know, true consumers, you know, based upon Pitney Bowes box pull studies, um, really, you know, show or, or, or believe to be fast versus slow. So if you take a look on the left, you can see all kinds of different product categories. So take a moment to, to really, you know, identify where your product categories land or product categories land on this chart. And then if you take a look here, you can really see, you know, based upon the averages, what most customers feel is fast, which on average is about three days versus what some customers feel is slow, which would be really anything outside of five and a half, six days. So what's unique about this slide and what's unique really about the opportunity that this poses to, to the wider audience and, and retailers and brands and shippers alike is we don't, we need to absorb this information and recognize that we don't need to utilize a UPS or a FedEx two-day air to service our customers. We need to really take a look from a mode optimization perspective, 
understand where our customers are in previous slides, and then understand what service levels can I use or utilize to get my product to my customer fast, or catering to the customer that's looking for a free delivery option, what service levels may fall in between the three to six day delivery you know, timeline that's going to suffice and appease my customers and still continue to give our customers the experience that they're looking for at the cost in which I can afford. Obviously, there's so many different factors that lead into our product prices and the domino effect says, if I have to pay for two day shipping, obviously my cost to my customer is going to be increased. If my cost to my customers increased, how competitive does that allow me to be with my competitors? So recognizing that and really taking a look at your you know, carrier, your partnerships is going to be strategically important in making your strategic uh, you know, shipping decisions on far, as far as which service levels do I need to utilize and which service levels are going to work for my customer at, at an affordable cost for me as the retailer or the shipper. Email and SMS and tracking. So there is a huge piece of a, a customer's buying journey in which I feel a lot of retailers and brands alike miss out on. And that is really the post-purchase gap. And post-purchase could mean anything from tracking and visibility to the returns experience. So a lot of challenges are, you know, a lot of challenges that ship, shippers or retailers or brands may face may not even be necessarily identified challenges. You know, there is some a, a huge opportunity, um, you, you know, to, to continue to market to customers and provide them a branded experience, even after the fact that, you know, you've got your customer to go online, you've spent the money to, to really get them to, you know, place a, a product in a shopping cart and actually, you know, check that item out and, and buy it from you. Why let the ball stop there? Continue to roll that ball after the, you know, on average, the, the, the average consumer is going to track a package three times. I've heard is, is off, you know, as many as six times. So three to six times throughout the life cycle of, or the journey of that package being shipped from either your, your location, your fulfillment location to the end delivery. So there is significant upside opportunity there. Cust, you know, um, platforms such as like a Pitney Bowes or a shipping chimp that we, we allow the, the customer the opportunity to, you know, at, at a complimentary perspective too, the opportunity to sell the customers by product placement, um, you know, continuing to allow customers to recognize, hey, if there's a delay in this shipment, you know, it may not necessarily arrive on Thursday, but it's going to arrive on Friday. That proactive response allows our customers to say, hey, you know, I understand things happen. Things are late. I, re I hear the news. I, I see the news every day. Thank you so much. You know, my experience has not been, you know, been hurt at all. I know that, okay, it's not going to arrive Thursday. It'll arrive Friday. No big deal. But having that, that interaction and that, that, that response, that visibility, not only from our perspective as the shipper, but from a consumer's perspective, really enhances the customer experience and really drives that brand satisfaction that you guys are trying to promote and extend to your consumers. So visibility is going to be key. And I can't even, you know, stress enough that having that branded experience and not the look of a UPS or a FedEx, you know, shipment notification or a postal shipment notification. All those, although those may suffice, there is a, a huge opportunity for shippers and retailers alike to really continue to, to market, market additional products and really remain in touch with their customer 
even after a parcel's been, or a, a shipment or a product's been purchased. Returns and convenience. 78% of surveyed customers or consumers feel that their returns experience recently has been just inconvenient, stressful, unnecessary. Um, and that's huge. Returns, you know, from an end-to-end -end delivery or in, in customer experience perspective, we can't just focus on our website. We can't just focus on providing our customers with excellent products. We have to focus on the total end-to-end -end experience. And a lot of that has to do with your customer's returns experience. As more customers shift away from buying, you know, products within stores and within malls, and you know, due to COVID and in the shift in, in you know in consumer buying behavior going online, things are going to be returned. So don't ignore it, embrace it. With all the different tools, you know, that Pitney Bowes and, and other you know uh, folks out there can provide, we can really provide an end-to-end -end delivery and returns experience that keeps customers coming back for more. You know, a recent survey showed that 80% of, of consumers will rank returns as incredibly important to the overall order experience, tied with number one with being unboxing. And those numbers are quite incredible. Three of four consumers, will, or, or roughly 78% of consumers, will say online returns experiences were a hassle. And more than 60% of consumers will actually take a look at your returns policy before they even place an order. So if you don't have a well-defined and, and easy to use returns policy, then nine times out of 10, or maybe not nine times out of 10, six times out of 10, that customer that you could have had went to your competitor to, to check out that item because their returns policy or process was that much easier. So lean on your carriers, you know, lean on Pitney Bowes. There's an array of different op excellent opportunities for you guys to make returns profitable, you know, credit your customer, or I guess take five, you know, $6 out of your customer's credit, you know, to, to offer them an easy to use returns experience. Plug that returns portal into your website to, to free up your customer service to allow them to focus on, you know, pushing more orders out the door versus managing customer expectations with them calling in, trying to get a return label. Build that into your website, build it into your tracking notifications. So it's incredibly easy for your customers to use because if it's not, you may lose that customer for a lifetime. We want to help you guys, you know, drive repeat business. So returns is a key component of that as well. The holiday preview. Now, I understand that it's December 8th right now. So a lot of the things in which, you know, myself and the guest speaker is going to be speaking to in, in relation to peak season shipping may not necessarily be relevant as far as being able to, to implement some of these things into your network or your environment today but it's excellent to help you guys plan moving into the next year. What this slide shows is roughly, you know, by mid-September, 25% of consumers have already started their Christmas shopping. When we get to October, the total goes up to 42%. And by mid-November, half of consumers have already either completed their Christmas shopping or at least have begun Christmas shopping. So what does that mean? How do you, how do you alleviate some of the supply chain and capacity constraints um, that we're all experiencing and facing today. A key component of that is selling early. A lot of us, you know, we see Black Friday deals starting at the very beginning of November. You know, Amazon and some other customers or retailers may be pushing sales into October. And the key importance of that is, is not only to, to give our customers access to sales early, but it allows retailers and brands 
to alleviate some of the stresses that are posed on carriers such as Pitney Bowes or UPS or FedEx and allows our customer experience for our end consumer to be that much better because we're gonna, they're going to get their stuff quickly and they're going to get their stuff on time. So a lot of considerables, you know, when, when, you know, extending our sales is we have to take a look at our returns policies. If I sell something in September, that's not going to be open until Christmas. I can't still have that same 30 day return window. I need to extend that possibly well into January or maybe even February. If I, you know, want to make sure that I'm, you know, taking a look at peak season surcharges and how that's going to impact my bottom line, which is also going to impact my product cost and my margins. Maybe it's best that I sell some of those items early as well. So therefore, the impact of, of, a, of a peak season surcharge doesn't necessarily impact my bottom line. Mode optimization, leveraging the right carrier, the right service level. You know, there's, there's final mile delivery options by USPS, where USPS touches every single home address every single day. It's what they do best. And they do it without charging extended delivery area surcharge, delivery area surcharge, residential surcharge, fuel surcharge, all these different surcharges that pile up to make what I thought was a competitive price not so competitive. Mode optimization is key, using the right carrier for the right service level to get my product there at the right time, at the right cost, that's gonna make sense for me as a business. So I just want to stress to everybody, you know, yeah, there are supply chain issues, but based upon our experience today, there are so many ways in which you can mitigate that with planning earlier. We can't start planning for peak season in October. We need to start planning for peak season in July, in June. We need to start ordering earlier. First, you know, uh, just-in-time inventory as, as though, you know, how incredible and, and innovative that has been in recent past. It may not necessarily work in the, you know, in the coming future due to this big shift to e-commerce. So, if anybody has any questions whatsoever, feel free to reach out to myself or any one of the guest speakers. We would absolutely love to have the opportunity to work for you, work with you and your brand to help understand and recognize your business and help provide you some of these additional insights to really help make your peak season successful, not only for you, but for your customers as well. Thank you, Josh. Uh, that was fascinating. I think my favorite part was uh, one of the myth busters you had on your slide about, uh, you know, how today shipping is the norm, whereas uh, according to your research, uh, it extends up to three days for most customers. That was fascinating. Um, I think listeners, if you have any questions uh, within those slides, please uh, hit us up here. In the meantime, we are going to have uh, Tony Shen on the best practices when you want to grow your e-commerce internationally from a technology perspective, he's gonna speak on. Uh, Tony, uh, the stage is yours. Cool, okay, all right, thank you, Rev. And thank you, Josh, for opening that. And yeah, thanks, uh, well, so, uh, now that, uh, let's say, well, okay, let's say one second, let me sh share my screen first. I only have one uh, very high level um, a slide to guide the conversation. So uh, now let's uh, say you have done everything that uh, Josh has mentioned, right? And you are now rocking domestic shipping, okay? And now you want to take your business uh, global, right? And you're like, okay, well, what do I do, right? You know, how can I uh, like just sell and market my products to international customers? Well, uh, you have a lot to do, my friend. And so uh, like uh, roughly there are about five, uh, steps here and uh, I've broken down um, um, into one, two, three, four, five, uh, five buckets here. 
And so before you start uh, like marketing to your international customers, right? You want to figure out, hey, like, you know, can I sell the products to uh, these countries that I'm thinking of expanding to? Uh, different countries have different uh, uh, rules and regulations and you have to think about them. And so, for example, the obvious ones are, uh, say, you cannot uh, ship CBD products uh, like overseas to uh, to Canada, or that's a given, right? But some are uh, not so uh, like obvious. And for example, you know, um, uh, you can ship a sculptware to say Saudi Arabia, but you cannot ship it to Kuwait. So there are a lot of like subtleties there. And for example, if you want to like ship some uh, skincare products to um, EU countries or to Australia, right? There might be different labeling uh, requirements or some ingredients uh, maybe banned in one country and not the other. And so you have to figure out, hey, like, you know, uh, can I sell my products to those places? And so after you've done the research, the another challenge um, is that, well, like, you know, uh, can I provide my, um, uh, my downstream providers, my international uh, shipping carriers, all the data that they need to um, to ship the products uh, for me, and so that's when you need to uh, like really figure out what your uh, what each one of your uh, products um, like address code is, and uh, what is the country of origin, things like that. And so you have to like uh, figure out what you're selling, uh, whether um, or not you can sell to those places, and uh, all the data you need. And so uh, that's uh, the onboarding step here and then uh, now uh, you need to think about uh, your uh, customer checkout experience so you have to think about hey you know uh, should i you know, customize uh, my checkout to um, each individual customer's uh, like unique um, experience do i want to provide uh, say a, um, a very localized experience to the customers do I want to show the, uh, the checkout in their local language, in the local currencies, right? If I do that, well, how do I do that? Uh, there are a lot of companies uh, uh, like out there that would uh, do that uh, for you, but choosing the right partner is important. And then, well, what kind of you know, payment method do I want to provide to those customers? Um, you know, oftentimes, the more uh, localized the payment method uh, uh, you provide to them, uh, the more likely uh, they are going to convert. So, for example, you know, in um, in China, you might want to offer uh, WeChat Pay um, or AliPay, right? In um, in um, in Brazil, you might want to like you know, offer Boleto. So, you know, things like that, uh, you have to consider. And then, well, last but not least, while you uh, pile on all those uh, things to uh, to show to your customer, uh, like, can you? Uh, still provide um, a very fast uh, response time to the customers and giving them a very good checkout experience, right? Uh, like, you know, because uh, when your response time is very slow on the screen, you are going to lose the customers uh, because, well, conversion rate is going to drop if you don't give um, a fast enough uh, response to the customers. And so that's on the customer checkout experience. And now, uh, it's time to ship your product. And so um, when choosing the, the shipping part, right, do you, um, like, do you offer DDU shipping or do you offer DDP shipping to the customers, right? DDU uh, stands for 
uh, delivery uh, duty unpaid and DDP uh, stands for delivery duty paid. So you know, do you want to have the customer prepay the tax and duties at, um, at checkout so that uh, when they get the parcel at their door, they don't have to pay uh, tax and duties um, like you know, as an additional step, right? Because uh, uh, that is a very uh, bad customer experience because well, uh, you don't get the parcel, uh, but instead you get a bill in your in your mail and say, hey, you know, please come to the post office to pick up your parcel with your wallet. And not only do you have to pay the tax and duties, uh, but also you have to pay a fee to retrieve your parcel. And so that is a super bad experience and guarantee to to lose some of your uh, uh, customer loyalty, right? And then uh, like also on the technology piece, uh, uh, when you're shipping those uh, products, right? Uh, you have uh, like an, as an e-commerce provider, you have a whole string of, of software you have to navigate. Uh, the order would go from your um, e-commerce platform to uh, your OMS or your ERP to your WMS, right? Uh, which was 3PL uses, and then all the way to the to the shipping carrier, and uh, you have to make sure that all the data uh, flows all the way through this chain to your shipping carrier. And then, uh, like you know, uh, for us at the shipping carrier, uh, we have to worry about uh, like uh, getting the data like all the way uh, flow to, uh, to the customers and uh, uh, to the final mile carriers. And so it's a it's a very long chain of 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 data flowing and uh, yeah and uh, you know it's uh, it's <clears throat> um, it's one of the uh, fun parts about shipping now um, after you have uh, shipped the product right uh, like after you have sh shipped the product uh, uh, just as uh, what Josh called out earlier uh, now you have to provide a good post purchase experience to the customers so uh, uh, like over there right do you um, like you know? Uh, do you offer a branded tracking page? Do you offer uh, like live chat and support on your branded tracking page, right? And then uh, like you know, when things go wrong and uh, and things probably will go wrong, uh, like at some point inevitably, right? How do you provide a recourse to, uh, to the customers? Do you provide them with insurance? Do you insure the parcel yourself, or do you have the customer you know, pay for the insurance, right? And then um, if you have the insurance, what um, do you uh, give them a very uh, like painless um, and easy way to, uh, to give them um, a claim process, right? So, um, and also uh, like also post-purchase, you uh, like how do you reconcile uh, the bill you're getting uh, uh, from your carrier to the bill to uh, to what you have charged uh, your customers um, at checkout, right? And so this whole like like financial reconciliation um, um, is something that I would consider, you know, as an e-commerce operator, right? And then well, last but not least, I want to briefly touch on international returns because uh, uh, like, you know, uh, just as uh, what Josh mentioned earlier, return is, um, is, um, is very front and center on a lot of customers' mind. And uh, international return, it's tricky, right? It's super tricky. It can uh, oftentimes, uh, because prohibitive to provide um, international returns so you know as an uh, like as an e-commerce uh, providers like you know uh, like do i offer international returns uh, like do i charge some uh, do i charge customers a fee to let them return right how do i keep my uh, returns uh, cost down 
right? So all these things are um, are, um, are 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 challenging to the to the e-commerce company and uh, at shipping company um, at Passport, you know, uh, like you know, I I um, at CTO, I think about hey, like you know, how do I integrate with you know all those international returns carriers and uh, like make sure that my clients have the best experience uh, they can be and um, and have the fastest uh like you know uh, from customers door cross border back to the consumers home like you know how do i keep the cost down and keep the return um uh speed uh like you know uh, good enough so uh last but not least i want to uh point out uh, one thing that the it's uh it's important it, the you know international shipping is very tricky and uh, rules and regulations change uh, very often and so uh, 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 you need to remain uh, agile and be super flexible and then you know and uh, like you know if you don't want to worry about uh, like all the rules and regulation changes uh, then I would recommend you know partnering up with a company such as Passport to to take care of all the burdens for you. Thank you so much, Tony. I think that was very intriguing and very interesting, especially when you mentioned about uh, how complex the checkout experience can be when uh, uh, you know brands go global, when uh, their response time is going to be complicated, and uh, that might you know result in their leads or customers uh, not checking out or abandoning their cart. So that was very interesting. So if all of, any of you have any questions. Uh, to Tony about uh, the international shipping or international returns or about you know going global and having a seamless checkout process, please hit us up uh, in our chat or you can reach out to Tony. Uh, next up, we have Lee who's gonna talk about uh, reducing shipping costs, both domestic as well as uh, cross-border. Lee, you're on mute. There we go, testing one, two, I am back and live. So thank you very much for this opportunity to, to discuss, you know, kind of things that, that has been part of our lives for, for many years. Now, the interesting thing is that um, talking, to, talking to Josh and, and talking to Tony over, you know, for the last little while, we've worked well together. Um, their presentation, first of all, I have to say guys, excellent presentations. Um, you've really kind of hit the, the nail on the head in terms of what's happening out there. So I, I kind of almost feel like saying, hey, you know what they said <laughs> to, to get this thing started? Because again, Josh, great slides. Uh, Tony, as always, you know, uh, a lot of great information. So I'm going to be the old guy on the team who kind of comes in and tells you, remember the old days, you know, when uh, a customer would ship, you know, with Canada Post, what I worked with or somebody else, they might say, hey, you just order this item online. It's going to take six to eight weeks to get there. And if it got there between six to eight weeks, you're excited because it actually got there to you within the six to eight weeks. And I just kind of, I find it amazing how far that that we've come and that, you know, when it doesn't get here overnight, I'm like, what is Amazon doing to me? Why are they not getting my packages here? So this is the kind of environment that that retailers are finding themselves in that, you know, six to eight weeks is 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 long gone. You know, two days is you know it, it's well, 
two days. You're going to take a whole two days to get it here for me? Uh, even, you know, when we talk to uh, the folks in China and, you know, you have Jack Ma saying from, um, you know, saying, I, I want an item that when the customer orders it in North America on Monday, by Wednesday, it's it's in their hands, right? So this is the kind of environment that we're in. And, and again, you know, to do that, I, you know, it's, it's very challenging. But the fact that we've been able to go from six to eight weeks to about, let's say, two days it is amazing. And we've done this in a really relatively short period of time. So what I want to do today is really just kind of, of, of work with you guys just to just very high level. I don't have a cool slides as Josh, but a lot of the stuff that he talked about, I'm just going to try and maybe enhance a little bit more uh, the cross-border options. You know, Tony's touched on that mix of carriers, Josh touched on that a return. So I'm just going to give you my perspective on some of these things and and hopefully, you know, maybe give you some sense of where you can go and how you can make this work for you. Customer service to me is, is one of the biggest areas that, that you know, I think about when I think about what's, what's happening in the industry right now. And that does not mean that, you know, for Christmas, you need to go and hire 20 people to answer your phones. Uh, what it does mean is that you have to provide them with, the, with, the, with a great experience, right? So from the time they've ordered the item, uh, from the time it's shipped, from the time it, it's, it's uh, attempted delivery is going to go out, uh, if there's going to be something that, that they've missed the delivery, uh, can I pick it up at, down around the corner? All these things are extremely important. And, and the biggest thing, and then Josh touched on it, is how do you communicate with your customer? How do you let them know? If this person is going to check the item six times, you know, how do you let them know proactively before they actually have to pick up the phone and call you and go, hey, where's my package? Right? The whole point of this exercise is really to let them know beforehand what the process is going to be. Right. It's a two day process. It's, it's going to the U.S. It might be a six day process going to Canada. The same thing. So the, the most important thing you have to do is, is find a way to deliver that experience because your customer has not come to expect that. I, again, if you order an item from Amazon, as soon as you place the order, you know, within a minute, you get a message. Hey, guess what? We got your order. This is when we think we're going to be able to deliver it. Right. It, right there on the on, on the screen. The next thing is when it's actually shipped, it tells you item has been shipped. So you can see that, right? The next thing, there's going to be an attempted delivery today. And if the, the carrier is really good, you should be able to get a window, right? Nothing is worse than I work from home for a number of years is that, you know, you, you take the dog out for a walk and you come back and there's a note on your door saying, hey, sorry, we missed you. And then you're like, okay, I've got to go out of my way to pick up that package again. So the communication is, is extremely important. Now, most smaller companies are going to go, well, I'm not Amazon. I can't, how do I manage something like that? And again, that's where a company like Shipping Champ and there's a lot of folks out there that will give you that experience, right? The beauty of, of, of the information that we have now is that it's so easy to tie it all together and have it in just in one place that they can now see, your customers can see it. You can proactively send information to your customer. That's all fantastic. So again, customer service to me is, is, is paramount in terms of how you wanna interact with your customer. Now, cross-border options is very important. I mean, I think we're doing a lot of business coming in from China, if in the US is coming in from, uh, from China, uh, Canada is coming in from the US and China and, and vice versa. So the cross-border options, and Tony dealt with it very well, the DDU, DDP question, right? You know, 
how do you deal with that? The beauty of, of going from Canada to the U.S. is like there's an $800 threshold, right? Most consumers' goods would fit nicely under that. Come into Canada, it's a little bit different, right? It's like I think it's $40 right now. And after that, then there's, there's extra charges on it. So it becomes a little bit more difficult for, let's say, a U.S. customer into Canada from China. I think it's only $20. And so from China to Canada, it becomes more difficult in different countries. You know, they have different um, levels of, of what they will accept. So again, working with a, with a company like like Tony's and Passport, you know that helps quite a bit because now you can start to to work with your customer better, right? Like you know, most people, most people in most countries who order things internationally, they understand, but they're starting to you, you're starting to compete with a domestic market that makes it very easy to deliver. So you have to make it easy for your customers to use your services. So whether you're a domestic customer, great. If you're crossing the border. An extra level of difficulty is there. And even I still struggle. I just sent the package to the U.S. and I've been watching it spin around the UPS warehouse for, for the last week, which is not a good thing. But so, you know, when your customer is looking at that, it's not a good sight. So the important thing is to arm yourself with that knowledge of DDU, DDP, duties unpaid, duties paid. Duties paid is a little bit more of a, of a, a bigger process. But again, with the right provider, you can make that as seamless as possible. The next thing to look at is your best mix of carriers. And, you know, I came from one of the big, the big guys in Canada, but I also realized over the last five years, you know, a lot of the regional carriers, uh, especially in the U.S. and Canada, actually, and I've done some work in Europe also, uh, they've done really good things. And the biggest gap that existed before was just what I talked about before was the communication gap. Right. The, the joke was that, you know, things would go dark for like about three, four days uh, when you give it to one of the smaller carriers. That is no longer the case. You know, just based on what's happening with technology, um, you know, any carrier is able to to give you all that information that you want when you want it quickly. And then again, if you can synthesize that into one nice package that you can put in front of your customer that is easy to use, you're not asking them to go to UPS to track this, go to go to FedEx to, trap, to track this, go to Canada Post to track this. Everything is in one place. And even more than that, to be proactively combining that and sending it to them, customers love that. This is, it, it helps you with that customer experience. So you wanna use the best mix of carriers and don't be afraid to, to go out and try some different carriers. It's not just the FedEx, UPS world anymore. There are people out there that can provide some great services. And then that's where, again, ship and ship, not to promote them too much, but that's where they can come in because to be able to rate shop, and not only rate shop, because I, I don't like just going for something just because, because of price, but rate shop and also service demands, right? Like it's no point in having a, an item that you just saved, you saved yourself 40% on it, but it's going to take a week to get there versus get in there in two days. So those are things that are very important, right? Like how much speed to the carrier do you want, right? So that that's important because you wanna make sure that you get into your customer in a reasonable time and their experience is good. 
The last one I want to touch on is just returns, and and both parties, both Joshua, uh, Josh, and Tony have touched on it. Uh, I, I can tell you that returns has been um, returns can be leveraged really well, or it can be an albatross around your neck, right? Uh, I will tell you the old Sears guys in Canada, and uh, this is just going back when they first started e-commerce, they were getting twenty percent returns. Okay, and that is that is that kills a business. Okay. I think most customers that we're seeing right now, um, 4% would be an average uh, of returns. And then some customers might, you know, if they're really good at it or, or if it's a more of a simple product, you know, when sizes from China, almost that might be 50% returns just because, you know, an extra large in China is, is like a, a small in the U.S. So those kinds of, of things we see quite often. So you, you have to know your product. You have to know where you're selling it to. And you have to know locally what does that mean, right? So electronics, pretty good. I mean, geez, you, you, you bought a speaker. It works. That's simple. You bought a uh, – I bought a, a extra large um, – I guess you know, lumberjack shirt one time from China. I couldn't get one arm into it. <laughs> so, so those are the things that are really important. And then cross-border uh, returns are, are important. Um, we we recommend consolidation, right? Uh, if you've got enough volume, it just makes sense to have. If you're shipping something into Canada, you should have a Canadian return address. If you're shipping into the U.S., you should have a U.S. return address. It just that it, it just makes it difficult. To Tony's point, you can't have cross-border returns, but it, it again, it, it is a little difficult. But if you have enough volume, it makes a lot of sense to have somebody consolidate those items and then be able to return them to you in a, in a, in a you know, a nice little package. Uh, you know, in our services that we offer, part of our returns program, uh, we'll reship. Sometimes it might be simple as, hey, you know what, the address was incorrect. So we can reship it, right? Um, you know, we can also liquidate. Sometimes, you know, you would you spend $30 to get a, a $5 item back? No, you might as well liquidate it, right? Um, you know, if you need to consolidate it, then return because, hey, this thing is worth uh, $80, $90. It makes sense to return it wherever across the border. You know, we do that. So any returns program, again, not just ours, but anyone else, you know, it's, it's important to understand all of their different uh, things that they can offer you. And the, the biggest thing, I mean, really and truly, I know most of the customers online are, are relatively small, but what I've learned over the last few years is, is you should negotiate, right? You should negotiate. Don't be afraid to negotiate. You know, we, we tend to go, okay, well, the, these guys are offering us X and we're just like, okay, we'll take it. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking our package, right? And, you know, it's important to, to say, hey, you know, I, I have options. I, I'd kind of like to see what's out there and, 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 you know, give me your best rate. And again, you are the final decider as to what your, your, your company is going to be, be using. And it's important for you to understand you do have some, some power in terms of the negotiation part. So, you know, again, these guys, uh, both Josh and Tony, it's an excellent job. There's not much more that I can add, but I also want to make sure that I give us some time in case there's some questions, but uh, you know, one thing I would say, and uh, Josh, 100% correct, 
Um, if, if you're planning for, for peak right now, <laughs> we're too late, but uh, hopefully you'll keep us in mind and we'll work with you during the year. So, so next peak that we're, we're ready for it because, you know, we always think about peak uh, by August. If you haven't planned for it, uh, you're going to get rolled over by it. Uh, so that, that's the only real message I want is let, let's next year we're going to start earlier. So we'll have this meeting with you guys a little earlier next year and, and, and hopefully through the year we'll, we'll talk and, and be ready to, to execute. Uh, when peak comes uh, for all of us. Anyway, thank you. And again, I'm open to any questions. I think we have a few and we'll we'll kind of go through there. Thank awesome, you. Lee. Thank you so much, Lee. Uh, like as always, uh, Lee is just blowing us away with a lot of anecdotes and uh, from real life examples. So that was fascinating. Um, so to all the listeners, if you have any questions, uh, do ping right now. Uh, we are open for questions right now. Uh, so I'll just give probably a minute or so for questions. Um, in the meantime, uh, I, we have a question, like a closing question to all the three of you, which is uh, your number one advice for e-commerce brands to transform their shipping into competitive advantage. That's, that's going to be uh, the question that we will be posing to all the three of you. And it should be just one because it's your number one go-to uh, advice uh, for e-commerce brands. Uh, so just uh, let us give a minute and then uh, we will go around asking uh, the questions to you guys. No questions? <laughs> no questions, I guess. And then I, I, think, I think we will then uh, get started on uh, our questions. Would you like for me to start? Yeah, uh, so Josh, uh, why don't you start on the number one advice for e-commerce brands? And you have sure. to give us just one advice, your number one, your top advice uh, for e-commerce brands. So, I, you know, personally, I think the aggregation of marginal gains is incredibly important and we all need to embrace that and not only focus on one in particular part of our business, whether that be the very beginning process of, of identifying the right carrier for the, the right service levels and the right products, um, but also on the returns piece. So if I can gain a percent here and 5% there and maybe a couple percent here, Obviously, the, the total percentage gained is going to have a significant impact on my competitiveness as well as my customer experience. So I think one of the biggest things that I've gathered from listening to these fine folks talk today is that every one of us and, and Tony and Lee alike, we all really recognize not only the, the hurdles in which the shipper or the retailer, or the brand face, but we also recognize what our in consumer customer is looking for in an experience. So with that, partnering with the right companies, such as a Reliable Logistics or a Pitney Bowes or, you know, with, with Tony's company over here at Passport, finding the right company that really understands not only your business, but what your customers are looking for in an experience, that is going to make, you know, that's going to give you the advantage that you're looking for and really help you separate yourself from the competition. So I think that's probably my number one if I, if I had to say it. Wonderful. Uh, Tony, what would be your advice? 
<laughs> well, if I were to give one advice, I would say, well, uh, shipping is complicated and the things will go wrong. Uh, like, you know, even if we don't want to, but uh, things will um, event, uh, like inevitably eventually go wrong. And that's actually uh, when it's time for you to shine. And so uh, don't shy away from those opportunities uh, when things go wrong. Uh, like take charge of them, really communicate to your customers, over communicate. And uh, that's when you can win their trust and uh, like actually retain them as a long-term customer. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Lee, what would be your uh, advice? Well, great points, guys. Uh, I think my, my one advice would be that thanks to technology, you know, a small company can act as a big company. You can give your customer the same experience as a big company if you leverage all the tools that are out there. So don't be afraid to, to try different tools, bring things in, you know, see what's out there in the marketplace, because I think you can give, you know, our customers are expecting certain things. We know that we, we hear it every day and we, you know, to make, to meet that need, leverage the tools that are out there. Don't be afraid to do that. That would be my, my one piece of advice. Fascinating. Great. Uh, so I think we are almost near the end of the session. Uh, so guys, if you're listening or if you're listening to the recordings, don't um, shy away from reaching out to these wonderful folks. Uh, Joshua is from uh, Pitney Bowers, Tony is from Passport Shipping, and he's from Reliable Logistics. So if you have any questions or if you are looking for a shipping partner, do reach out to uh, all these three uh experts uh, among our panels uh, today so this was uh, great and uh, so great have a happy holiday uh, selling season uh, to all the e-commerce brands who are listening and to you folks happy holidays thank you so much Rev. good job Rev. thanks guys all right happy holidays yeah, 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 bye-bye all right bye-bye